Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Fantasy Baseball for Friday, March 15th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Sorry to unmute myself really quick. I'm doing good. I'm tired. <laughs> it's it is almost it is almost finals week for us. We are uh, we're still students, believe it or not. Sometimes I hardly feel like a student. But uh yeah, we, we do other stuff other than baseball. Yeah. Um if we so, didn't yeah. have to be students, this would be a lot easier to do, but unfortunately this can't take as much priority as we'd like. I mean, it's it's for fun. It's always just It is. Fun. But it'd be more fun if we didn't have to do schoolwork around it. Uh, agreed. So today we're going to keep plugging away at the top 300 rankings breakdown. Uh, we're getting into the middle rounds, middle late rounds right now. So we're going to go through a lot more names and not talk about every single one of them. You know, the top 100 players or so, we went player by player. We're going to space it out a little bit. Uh, you can check out the top 300 rankings at beattheshiftbaseball.com. And if there's any players that we don't talk about that you want to hear about, let us know. Ask us any questions that you have on Twitter at BeatTheShiftBP or email us BeatTheShiftBaseball at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and get right into it. I did want to start with one player who I've moved up into my top 100 that I haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet. Uh, and that would be Herman Marquez for the Rockies. And I moved him up to number 92 overall in my rankings so the reason for this wasn't so much that you know i i've changed my view of him i believe that he i ranked him this way because i know he's gonna do really well coming off of a breakout season it's already happened and for some reason he's not being ranked like a top 20 starting pitcher i think he's right outside that to start the year and Colorado doesn't help him, but last year was a, a full breakout, especially when you look at what he was able to do the second half of the season. Over the span of the entire season, the ERA was a little inflated, you know, 3.77 ERA, uh, but he did that with a 10.56 K per nine and had no workload questions. He's young, he's healthy, and everything about his breakout seems legitimate his three picks his three pitch mix is a lot sharper than i think anybody projected it to be when he was you know being scouted as a prospect and you know if especially if you watched him pitch down the stretch in the in the wild card game uh, for the rockies you can tell that he has that extra gear course field did not affect him in any way in the second half of last season so he's he's my number one pitcher in this range who i think can really be a legitimately be a top five pitcher in fantasy so that was something i wanted to start with the rest of the time uh ray will kind of go through and uh go through the rankings and uh ask me you know questions here and there so go ahead and get into it yeah so this is what are we at this is gonna be 101 to 175 going forward we're trying to knock all this out because the first official games are next week with the japan series still a couple weeks away from you know official opening day for the other 28 teams in mlb but um 
yeah, we're going to try and chunk, uh, chunk this out. So 101 to 105, James and Tyone, Yasiel Puig, Aaron Hicks, Jose Peraza, and Mike Moustakis. I'll ask you first about Yasiel Puig. Um, he said a lot since he's been traded from the Dodgers um, to the Reds. Um, you can answer that, you know, how that's going to affect him. He's probably going to play every day now. Um, but also, he said he didn't work hard with the Dodgers, and he's going to work hard in his contract year with the Reds. Um, just curious on your thoughts on uh, the on how the trade affects him and what those comments mean. See, I don't really put any stock into to things like that because major league players don't really have the option to not work hard. It, it, it's it's nonsense. What I do want to see is more of that power speed combo playing in the middle of the Reds lineup, which is actually a really good lineup. Uh, he'll probably hit in the mid-20s home run range and steal, you know, 15 or so bases. He did the last two seasons, actually. So that alone, with a decent batting average, is, you know, more than enough. But he does have plenty of upside. He's in a really good hitter's park. And like you said, probably more security than he had with the Dodgers in terms of playing time. Mm-hmm. So Also still with the same uh, hitting coach, Turner Ward, who went from the Dodgers to the Reds as well. Yeah, Not in the so, same trade. He, he went on his own. Yeah, <laughs> it's maybe a slight upgrade for Puig since last year, just in the security of his role. But other than that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think we can expect the same kind of Yasiel Puig. I don't think we're going to see anything like he, he did in his his rookie campaign just yeah. because he, he changed teams. If he does, then great. But compared to the rest of his career, that really did seem like a, a flash in the pan. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, too. He's a huge reverse splits guy, which is why he didn't get, um, you know, everyday play with the Dodgers who love to platoon their players. Uh, he did not hit lefties particularly well um, last season, but he did maul right-handers. Uh, next guy we'll talk about uh, is 105, Mike Moustakis. He just uh, re-upped with the Brewers for another year. And instead of bumping Travis Shaw to second base, um, Mike Moustakis is probably going to go play second base. So I'm sure you like that as a fantasy owner. Uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest reason why I have him where he is. He's around around and a half maybe away from Travis Shaw in my in my rankings, but I kind of see them as the same player. They're both going to have second base, third base eligibility. They're both going to hit in the middle of a really good Brewers lineup in a really great ballpark. And if you can get either Shaw or Moustakis on your team to fill in as your second baseman, which is one of the weakest positions, and give you what's essentially third base production, that is a big deal. And, you know, I guess there is a little concern with Moustakis's, you know, his the kind of leash he'll have at second base, trying to adjust to a new position. They might have to make some changes. They do have Keston uh, Hira coming up in the minor leagues also. Uh, but that's, that's so far down the road. Moustakis is a great power hitter, and I don't, I don't believe he'll have any problems at the plate as a result of him adjusting to a new position. So take Moustakis, take Shaw. Like, they're the same player. 
now. I feel like we've had this. Yeah, it feels like we had this conversation when we talked about Travis Shaw last week. I think it was. (laughs) I love both of them. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll jump right down to the next guy. Um, David Dahl, Rockies outfielder. Um, Finished the season very strong last year. Um, And now he's going to have an everyday role with Carlos Gonzalez and Gerardo Parra no longer on the team uh, there. So. Uh, what are you going to look for from David Dahl in 2019? Yeah, seriously strong finish to the season last year. I mean, I think he hit six home runs in the last 10 days of the season. Something like that, yeah. So he's definitely going to be on everybody's radar just because he plays in Coors Field, and he's going to have a regular role, you know, which is something he hasn't had before. But kind of like Puig, I don't necessarily expect you know that level of production right away um but you know like i said the the increase in his his value comes from the security of the role that he's going to play i think he can hit in the high 200s at course field because anybody can do that and you know i can definitely see mid-20s 30 home run power from from doll maybe a couple stolen bases which is, which is good. It's 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 a solid outfield pick. Nothing, you know, groundbreaking. I don't think he has the upside to do what Charlie Blackman does, for example. But he can be close to that. He can be a a, a light version of that. So it's definitely a good value here. All right, we'll skip over Miguel Andujar. Um, talk about the next guy on the list Eloy Jimenez the White Sox now farmhand uh, well, he got, he's always been a farmhand <laughs> he's always, he's always, not now farmhand but still a farmhand yes um, but yeah he just he just recently got optioned back to the minors during spring training um, I don't know he's not ready uh, to make money for the uh, um, for the team yet because he needs service time or whatever whatever okay well, um to be but fair, yeah he's, he's hitting like one he's hitting like 140 yeah, in spring no. training he's not yeah. they give him a little time to get his bat going down in triple a and bring him up in a couple weeks when you know you'll have your, your extra year of service time fine that's what you got to do as a big league team i don't i don't have any problems with it or i don't have problems with the teams doing it but eloy Jimenez. i don't fault the teams for utilizing a perfectly legal system no yeah there's been a lot of talk about that lately, which is the only reason I, I bring that up. But Eloy Jimenez, really, in a year where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doesn't exist, would be the prospect that we're all drooling over. You know, we'd be talking about taking him in the in the sixth round of our, our drafts. He's in more or less the same situation playing time-wise as Vlad Guerrero. There's a spot for him on the White Sox right as soon as you know, the team is ready to, to throw him into the mix and, you know, had really good numbers in the minor leagues last year. You know, he, I, in, um, what level is this in triple a, um, let me see how many games this was. And he spent about half his time at double a, half his time at triple a, um, and combined he hit 337, the 384 on base and a 577 slugging percentage. So he's definitely big league ready, and he's got great power, and he's got a he's got a place to play 
as soon as the White Sox want to want to cut him loose. You know, there's there's no uh, position. You know, there's no uh, block. There's no roadblock for him. Yeah, there's no roadblock. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, take Eloy Jimenez. Be as excited about him as you would be about Vladimir Guerrero or um, or another guy who I'll just talk about now, who is. I only have ranked five spots behind, but a similar, similar case to be made with Nick Senzel, who is not tearing up spring training right now either, but definitely in the way that the Reds have talked about this guy, they want him to be the center fielder for this team because Scott Shebler is, is okay, but he's not a, a permanent fixture. He's not, the, uh, he's not the guy that they necessarily want out there every day. Nick Senzel has tons of potential offensively and is a, is a pretty good athlete. He can handle the outfield pretty well considering this is his first exposure. He's been an infielder the rest of his career, only eligible at second base right now in ESPN even, but he will have dual eligibility when he comes up to the big leagues. He might break camp as their starting center fielder. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't just because of, you know, a, a little less than stunning performance in spring training but the second he's up man i am just as excited about him as i am about jimenez and guerrero jr this is the same caliber prospect with a place to play probably so there you go take him take him earlier don't be afraid to take him in that same range as other prospects so uh yeah couple couple good (laughs) prospects right outside the top 100 here all right, yeah. So we'll jump backwards um, from Sazel. Right behind Elo Jimenez is Yasmani Grandal, who is another Brewer. And I know you like a lot of the Brewers. Um, I love the Brewers this, this season. <laughs> Lo- you love the Brewers this year. So tell me about. I liked Yasmani them last Grandal. year. I love them this year. Yeah. Uh, um, well, this very is, good. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you talk a little bit first. This is. This yeah. has been the Dodgers guy, for yes. for years now. So should we be years. worried about Grandal? Do do I have him overranked? Is this a good spot um, to take him? Well, considering how shallow of a of a position catcher is, I don't know. I don't think you have him overrated. Um, he's going to a hitter's park now. I mean, he he raked in he raked in Los Angeles, and now he's going into an arguably stronger lineup with a better hitter's park. Um, He's probably still going to be streaky. <laughs> That's just how he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's one of the, what I mean. You and I, have, you and I have talked about this. You know, not on the podcast, but six catchers who you can really rely on, and he's he's easily in those six. So yeah, I mean, if uh, it, it doesn't hurt to reach for catchers because of how shallow that position is. Yeah, and I would. I would kind of put him in his own tier even because mm-hmm. JT Real Muto and Gary Sanchez are in the the top tier. Maybe there's some separation there as well. But this is four or five rounds later that you're able to get a guy like Grandall. And I sincerely believe that he could produce more than either of those other two catchers that I just named. He's in the perfect environment for him. I mean, of course, the ballpark is great for power, for left-handed power especially, which is the better side of his switch hitting. But he's going to play 
a lot for a catcher. You know, there's, there's very few cases like this. For a good team and a good lineup, you'll probably hit sixth if I were to guess, uh, just based on the way that their, their lineup works out. And, you know, I there's so much upside with this guy, and especially in points leagues, he has really good plate discipline. So even more upside in a points league, I would say. But I've got a lot of shares of Yasmani Grandal this year. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, very good catcher. Him going to the Brewers, I think, just enhances his um, offensive uh, potential. Um, so, yeah, just to run through, so you hear the names in the list after Yasmati Grandal, and I don't have numbers next to them, so I've already lost track. But uh, Sean Doolittle, Robson Cano, Nick Senzel, who we talked about, David Peralta, Jose Barrios, Wilson Ramos, and the next day we'll talk about Zach Wheeler of the Mets. Um, I think just a lot has, has been made of the Mets' injury troubles with their starting pitching. Um, tell me why Zach Wheeler is you know just outside of the top 100, 110 here. Well, Zach uh, Wheeler is similar to Marquez in that he really did break out last year. It was very highly talked about as a as a prospect and then dealt with a lot of injuries and then last year came up and was probably the Mets second most reliable pitcher I mean you had Syndergaard there too but he was I, I believe he was kind of dealing with uh, different I, he was one of the hand in the hand foot and mouth disease guys last year and was yes he was dealing with another finger issue um, but Wheeler was there and he was dealing so I, I expect him to be right back at it again this year. He worked up to 180 innings last year, so I don't have workload concerns really. It's just if he can stay on the field, I think he'll be you know, a good strikeout per inning pitcher with a, with a pretty low whip. Last year had a 1.12 whip. I didn't realize it was that low even, but a, a decently low whip in ERA and just solid production which is a weird thing to say about a Mets pitcher it, it seems like they're either boom or bust <laughs> but this guy might be a good middle ground so yeah that's that's why he's there all right uh yeah so I don't have much to say about Zach Wheeler it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people uh like I said they either think of the Mets is boom or bust so they assume they don't hear the name Zach Wheeler that he has been very good but he's been solid um, next names in the list, Robbie Ray, Paul DeYoung, Jonathan VR, Tim Anderson, and then Jose Leclerc. Um, he is a, he's Rangers reliever. He's going to be their closer, correct? Yeah, he's going to be there. There's not really much to say about yeah. him other than he's one of the few closers who has been announced to be their closer. And was really yeah. good last year when he did it. Um, had a, I think one, just worth, had a one, five, six ERA yeah. and... You know, a actually pretty good strikeout rate. Eighty-five strikeouts. I believe he in throws, just he 50, throws pretty 57 hard. innings. Yeah, he he definitely has the talent to do it again, which you know a lot of the risk in relief pitchers just comes from the the whole can they do it again 
question. There's been so many cases where a guy will break out as a closer, but then you know you just can't can't find it again the next year for whatever reason. Uh, I trust the ability enough, and he's got the role to start with, so roll with it. Yeah, I I I chose this name out just because it's a name that you know probably not a lot of people heard or you're even keeping an eye on but it's, it's kind of what we talked about with catchers um, uh, established closers guys who will have the closing role and uh, he is one of them mm-hmm. and uh, yeah throws hard said he has all the tools to do it again so hopefully he does um, behind another reliever Kirby Yates so the Padres Charlie Morton and then Miles Michaelis, who just signed a four-year, and I forget how much money it was, but four-year extension with the Cardinals. Uh, talk to me about Miles Michaelis. Yeah, so I'm not super excited about Michaelis, but last year he just seemed to keep on outpitching his peripherals, and he might just do the same thing again. If you're in a league with wins, he's on a good team. He got a lot of wins last year. Um, had a really low ERA in pitch 200 innings you know there's there's value in a reliable reliever even if he doesn't get you the strikeouts that you'd expect from a pitcher of his caliber but doesn't walk anybody uh i would also say a good points league bump for for this kind of pitcher um but yeah i i could have i should have him ranked higher if you just look at his stats from last year but i i don't i don't think he has another two a sub three era season in him you know maybe a mid threes era Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a good pitcher yeah (laughs) yeah he's solid (laughs) just uh i don't know how much we talked i don't know if we mentioned that before because we haven't done you know we've been doing just fantasy so just kind of updating people as well all right keep on chugging wilson Contreras, Corey canable chris archer Wade Davis, Buster Posey, Masahiro Tanaka, and right behind Tanaka, another Japanese pitcher, Yu Darvish. Um, yeah, last season, not very good with the Cubs when he was healthy, and he wasn't healthy f- for that uh, that long of a time with the Cubs. So really ever since the World Series of the Dodgers, Yu Darvish is not been having a good time uh what do you think about darvish this season no i mean he looks good in spring training he looks healthy which is an important thing and last year he really did struggle with his command in particular uh you know had a one four three whip last year which is just not gonna cut it uh he's still a good strikeout pitcher and you know i'm not gonna base all of that on a very limited sample of him returning from from an injury. I believe it was a, another shoulder injury, right, for Darvish. I think he, it, I think it was yeah. elbow. It was arm related. Yeah, uh, he's triceps. had health he's had triceps. health problems in the past, but he looks healthy now. So, I I do believe that there's a lot better results awaiting him because he's he's had a normal progression for a change. You know, he's. He's coming out of spring training healthy, and he's still a really good pitcher. If you remember some of his his peak years with the Rangers, 
you know, he, he throws a lot of pitches. He doesn't rely solely on fastball velocity. Mm-hmm. And he's the kind of guy that if he just feels good and gets, you know, certain pitches right, then he's a top 20 pitcher for sure. So take a little gamble on him. You know, it's worth yeah. it, especially at this yeah, point he, in the draft. Yeah, he's a he's a good pitcher. You saw it in the 2017 NLCS, and then I don't know what happened to him in the World Series. You're just salty. I'm still, we get I'm it. I'm still super salty about we him. Get it. Like that's the one thing that like, like like oh you can't blame everybody. You can put a lot of blame on you, Darvish, for that World Series performance. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's just move on. I'm angry now. Are you gonna be able to continue? Sorry. <laughs> yes, barely. Luis Castillo, Carlos Santana, Eric Hosmer, every other year train, um, and then Mike Fultonevich for the Braves. I believe um, he was very good last year. Um, I like him a lot, but um, I suspect he's down here because he's he's been dealing with some health issues. Yeah, he's not so, he's not starting the year with the club. He's yeah. going to be uh, taking time coming back. Uh, I believe he's out with a. A minor shoulder thing i don't even i don't know what they what they'll call it necessarily but mm-hmm. he's shut down right now he's not pitching and that's the main reason last year was a good year for him as well really broke out and had a sub three era which i don't know if he can repeat but you know the workload was there the strikeouts were there and i i want to see him back soon it's it's kind of like Luis severino i dropped him a few spots because he's not going to be ready to start the season. And I do think that there is something to be said for having a bumpy spring training affecting performance right out the gate. Not to say that he, he won't be back to his full strength at some point, but, you know, you do that performance right when he's you know dealing with these, uh, these minor ailments, they do count towards your team if it's during the season. So uh, that's why. He's, he's still mm-hmm. at, at, at. Are we outside the top thirty now? He when he's healthy, he's a he's a mid twenties. I don't know. It's your starting list. Starting for me. Pay attention, Ray. Come on. Uh, yeah, You're that, that's all I got to say. Much out of me. Let's keep going. All right. Rysel Iglesias, David Robertson, Ian Desmond. Who is he? Just gonna have like a utility um, spot now because he seems he plays a new position every year. He's gonna play center field seems. for the Rockies. Yeah. He has, like, all eligibility, so, yeah. All right, Kyle Hendricks, Jay Happ, Andrew McCutcheon, Stephen Piscotti, and uh, Josh Hader. Josh Hader, at least in his first couple outings, I haven't been keeping up with him uh, since, I think, last week. Um, I know you don't put much stock in actual the performance of spring training, but the health, but he is just tearing guys up right now he did uh, it last year <laughs> yes he did it last year in the regular season as well and um one thing that uh they kind of talked about was on i was watching some of the games is he wants to do is he wants to work on being able to go back-to-back days more often this year um is that something that you know has an effect on say safe holds leagues or because um, he's going to get a lot of holds. He's not really going to we'll, – we'll see what the Brewers do with all their bullpen arms. But um, how do you like Josh Hader possibly pitching more games during the season? 
Um, again, I don't put much stock in what players say their goals are to accomplish during the season because I believe that at any point in time, they're always giving it their all. And Josh Hader pitched a lot last year. In the second half of the season, did not pitch as many multi-inning relief appearances, and it's because the Brewers are smart about it. It's a hard thing to do, pitch multiple times a week, two or three innings, like he was doing when he was making waves in the first place. But he will give you starting pitcher strikeout totals as a relief pitcher. It's a hard thing to do to rank a guy that doesn't get you any saves, basically. He got 12 last year. He might, you know, have a handful of saves in the mix. Um, but he gets a lot of strikeouts. It's it's a lot of strikeouts. That, in and of itself, is worth taking him in this, in this range. But, again, I wouldn't expect him to do quite what he did last year just because that's a hard workload to maintain throughout a season. And, you know, in the second half of the season, he was a really good reliever, but he wasn't the, uh, you know, two, three innings at a time weapon that you kind of know him as now. So we'll see. I'm going to be paying attention to how they use him early in the season, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. The guy right behind behind him, another young guy starting pitcher Tyler Glasnow of the Rays I have to keep reminding myself of that because every single time I google him or look him up he's always in a Pirates uniform yeah so Glasnow I've talked about he's gonna be good though I I believe he's gonna be there's a handful of pitchers from this point onward that I would say have a legitimate chance to be a top 10 starting pitcher and Glasnow is one of them he has a really good arsenal fastball slider changeup and the changeup was a lot better last year and he's starting to throw his pitches for strikes and with the Rays he was a totally different pitcher he was pitching out of the pen for the Pirates Um, with the Rays he was elite barring a a couple a couple outings where he just didn't quite have it together the arsenal is elite and that's that's what I look at it's he he has set the stage for a big season the Rays are going to let him start. So, you know, I, I expect big things. I, he could be Blake Snell. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of stuff he has, though. Uh, let's let's keep moving through this, this let's list. Let's move, yeah. Sorry, I'm going a little slow. Uh, all right. Just moving through Adam Eaton, Billy Hamilton, Nomar Mazzara, Ender Inciarte. This just kind of stuck out to me because I know, I mean, certainly he's known for his glove. He seemed low to me, Andrew and Ciarte, on this list. Uh, he might hit ninth. It's a big thing. He's uh, not going to hit at the top of the lineup. A, he's going to hit ninth in the Braves? Like, or eighth, or whatever, at the back of the lineup, National League team. You ale, Homer. I get it. Um, and Ciarte is a really good player. Better in points leagues. Uh, has good ratios. Steals bases. He had a toward stretch last year for a very short amount of time and then kind of just stopped altogether which was a little strange but can probably steal you close to 20 bases just a solid outfielder hits for a good average uh just isn't gonna get the the volume that you that you'd want from a uh from a top 30 outfielder so that's that's why that's the reason okay lineup position all right uh victor robles cole hamels nick pavetta uh and jake bowers um 
talk to me about Jake Bowers of the Cleveland Indians. Jake Bowers is great, especially in points leagues. Has a great batted ball profile, which is not reflected by his 201 batting average last year. Has really good power. Uh, I don't know, really good line drive rate. I, there's there's a lot of reasons to like what Jake Bowers is doing, and it's only a matter of time before he catches up to those peripherals. And he might steal ten bases, so you have that too. <laughs> he's yeah, he's he, a good all around player. Solid, uh... And he will play so, for the Indians. He's probably going to play mm-hmm. outfield mostly. He could DH here and there, play a little first base. Um, but yeah. yeah. Came out as a first baseman, played first base outfield for the Rays last year, and played solid, as mentioned good, outside of that. Good play discipline, too. In a points league, average. definitely a huge bump yeah. in a points league. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, not too far from the end of this list. Jerkson Profar, Brian Dozier, Yadier you you Molina, Nathan Ivaldi. Brandon Nimmo, Rafael Devers, and Shane Bieber. Uh, another Indian, another young Indian. Talk to me about Shane Bieber. Do you think he's too high or too low? Just based on you, you seeing? highlighted him. You wanted to talk no, about. No, I know, him. I know. I'm just curious because he's kind of. I know, I know. You like him a lot. A lot of people like him a lot, and, and he I, was I very do good like when him. He he's a really good. Year. He's really good command of. I, We're continuing three, our theme of, of every player in this list is good. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to to be specific <laughs> about why he's, he's good. Like, really good in this thing. He's a command pitcher, but last year he got a lot more strikeouts than anybody was expecting That's in a his plus. first stint. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. Um, he already showed he can handle the minor leagues. His ERA was not great last year. He got hit pretty hard, if being honest, but also struck out more batters than we're expecting it's a weird season that he had all i know is based on the pitch data that he has three plus pitches that he can that he can locate so i don't expect him to have a mid four zra again you can lower that a run maybe so that's why all right next guy up malik smith um i think Amer- now a mariner again even though the last time he was a Mariner was for like an hour or something. Mm-hmm. But um, a guy, he's, would you, I mean, you have D Gordon ranked, I think, at 100 right now. Um, but what do you like out of Malik Smith, who's probably going to be at the top of that Mariners lineup as opposed to D Gordon? Um, Malik Smith might overtake D Gordon by the end of the season. D Gordon has second base eligibility, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But also, Smith might end up leading off for them he's going to miss the the japan series he's dealing with injury and not sure if that's going to push into the regular season at all if d gordon performs well i do believe that they'll they'll keep gordon at the top of the lineup instead of smith but last year was really impressive for a speedster you know you just need guys like him to get on base for you and he did it better than guys like d gordon and billy hamilton so there's a lot to like with Smith, a lot of upside. Um, lineup position is going to be huge. Just pay attention to yep. what happens going forward. Injured right now, though. Yeah, got to keep your eye on, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right, we got one more guy to talk about. But let's pump through the rest of these names. Jesse Winker, Luke Voigt. Love both Rick of them, Ford. by the way. Not going to yeah. talk about them too much. Well, yeah, because we didn't highlight them. Well, Rick I, I can talk about or whoever Porcello. I want, 
<laughs> or Porcello if you're my dad, Harrison Bader, uh, Kyle Schwarber, Miguel Cabrera, Max Kepler, Cesar Hernandez, Kyle Freeland, um, Austin Meadows, Dallas Keuchel, who is still not signed. Um, so uh, I draft him right about... now like he's going to be a Yankee because the Yankees have three <laughs> starting pitchers right now, it looks like. And the only thing holding him back from yeah. not being a Yankee is that he's going to have to shave his beard, and I don't like that. I don't like envisioning that. Yeah, there's going to be a very sad family of birds that's going to return to their nest one day. I think it's like ten families of birds. There. I mean, that thing is magical. Yeah. Oh, it's it's probably going to happen if I were to yeah. guess. But it hasn't yeah. happened yet. But, yeah. But don't, uh, yeah. You know, don't give up on Kaiko because he hasn't signed, but um, it's not the best that he hasn't signed yet. Yeah, you don't have to take him. He's 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 not that good. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, you could be bold like one of the guys in our league and uh, draft Keiko and Craig Kimbrell. Just have two guys without a team on your team. They might be good values depending on where you get them. They might be good values. They're not going to sit the season out. Yeah, I said it before. Yeah, I I mean where he got him was maybe not the right place to get him, but yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. All right, uh, last four names in this list. That's the last guy we're going to talk about. Eduardo Rodriguez, John Gray, Danny Jansen, Jonathan Scope. That is 101 through 175. Um, obviously, we didn't talk about everybody. If there's somebody that I quickly uh, ran over there that you want to talk about, tweet at us at BeatShiftBP, BeatShiftBaseball at gmail.com, Instagram, DM, whatever, at BeatShiftBP. Facebook message, piece of baseball. I'm just plugging everything. <laughs> um, uh, let us know, and then yeah, we can talk about them on a future episode, or you know, we can interact with you directly. But go check out the rest of the rankings if you missed our first uh, couple ep- episodes. Obviously, you missed the top 100 if this is your first time here. Um, there's uh, 75, 225 other guys that Uwe has ranked. Um, see, I did math. Yeah, I mean, just go yeah. go have fun with your drafts. It's the time yeah. of year. Join Kyle, join a bunch Kimbrel of leagues. Back to back in the first two rounds. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Draft um, the Brewers. The Brewers are great. Draft the Brewers. Draft Dodgers. Pitchers. Yeah. All right. Well, I I think that's that's dragged on long enough. So uh, thank you everybody for joining us. And as always, Ray. Oh, he's muted. Okay. <laughs>